Good morning and wake up Springfield, not with Alex Bryant, but this is State Rep Bishop Davidson filling in for Alex. We've had some good discussions around local politics, and we have now online Dr. Merriam. Merriam, are you there? I am, and I was just listening. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I got got a little heated in the last segment for sure. But I think it's uh, I think it's for good reason. I think uh, I think in a lot of ways you've been a part of the desire for parents everywhere to to be more engaged in their education system. You know, you ran for school board, geez, pushing three years ago now, I guess, um, and have been there in Springfield. And I think we've seen market improvements, but but there's more improvements to be made, uh, which is why uh, why we're all very excited about you continuing to run and putting your name on the ballot again. Which, which I know takes a whole lot. I mean, I know that's a that's a big, big sacrifice from your family, from uh, from the rest of your life when it when it comes to being on the school board. But um, it, well, tell us a little bit, I guess, about the the last the last three years. Was it what you expected? I mean, was it as bad as you expected? Was it a little bit better? Do you think you've been able to make as much improvement as you had hoped, or is it reasonable with what you've gotten accomplished in, in you know in, in your new role? Those are a lot of questions. I know it is. I know. For my little 15-minute segment, right? Yeah. Oh, where to start? Um, I guess I should start with, if you go back and ask somebody that I went to medical school with or somebody that I went to university with, they would tell you, just like Curtis just told you, that I ask a lot of questions. Yeah. So that just sort of defines me. Um, And... I say I'm that lifelong learner. Mm-hmm. So my tenure on the board was a bit rocky. Um, having never served on a board, I didn't quite understand the dynamics of you spend a good year staying silent and kind of melting into the pot. Mm. And then another year coming up with some ways that you want to contribute And maybe you want to flex your muscles in that last year, just a tiny little bit. And well, those, that's a lot of years that our students are waiting Mm. for change. They're waiting for improvement. Right. And I just don't operate like that. I, I'm that doctor who wanted things done yesterday. I, I speak in stats. Yeah. (laughs) And I didn't get that memo. So I did have a rocky start, but I have learned and I have tremendous respect for all the members on the board. And we have had some turnover, and it's it's been kind of fun seeing new members come on board. And we're all new, with the exception of Dr. Thomas Tate. We're all in our first term, which makes things interesting. Um, we have lots of different ideas, um, but in the end, we all want the same thing. Uh, we just have different ideas on how to get there. And I think the public perceives that as being as I just learned from Curtis, perhaps somewhat problematic. Um, but I wouldn't say that we do. Uh, this is this is how you know you're doing good when you're having conversations. This is how you know change, and this is how you grow mm. by having these difficult, I suppose, call them discourses um, and back and forths. I think it has brought a lot of good for our students. Um, if I had to, can I highlight some of the things that have changed? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay. No, I'd right. love to, we, we'd love to hear them. So 
Well, change is slow. Like any institution, organization, we all know it, it moves a little slower than, than you want. But Springfield Public Schools was on a rapid decline. Um, and I know it's not a popular thing to say, but that is a fact, right? Yeah. Um, and you have to speak the facts. Because unless you do, you're not going to be able to be able to address the issues for our students. And I think we are now just now seeing a leveling off and perhaps an initial upward trend in some grades and some subjects. So I know it's the very, very beginning, but there's a glimmer of change and a glimmer of hope right there. So that's mm-hmm. something that we got to keep our eye on. Um, I ran a campaign of responsible technology and responsible digital consumption. I wanted the foremost technology, but I did want it to be introduced into the curriculum in a more steady and stepwise fashion. Um, I was really disappointed in the paucity of books and printed materials that our students had access to. And so I have been fighting for a, a balance there so that we can provide the best for our students. We just sort of abandoned all traditional education, right? We just threw yeah. the baby out with bathwater. And that was not a good thing. The pendulum swung way too hard. So we're trying to get it back there. And I think we have been successful in, you know, at least in the, as those initial steps as we move forward. Last year, I don't know if you're aware, our students in kindergarten through fifth grade were no longer taking their Chromebooks home with them. And this year, that grade span has been extended to encompass middle school. So now we have kindergarten through eighth grade. Mm. What does that mean? That means that Chromebooks are being used as educational tools. Right. It's like a tool. And it is being used in the classroom under the direction of the teacher, right? So, and the educator is monitoring their use and is ensuring that they are being used as they are intended to be. Yeah. And then all the homework that is going home is going home on paper with paper and pencil. Yeah. And so that is, I think that's pretty big. In addition to that, we are bringing textbooks and printed material back. So this year, for the first time, Springfield Public Schools made a massive investment, um, hundreds of thousands of dollars to ensure that all our kindergarten through fifth graders have consumable science books mm-hmm. and that kindergarten through 12th grade have social studies printed material in the early years and yeah. textbooks for all students in the upper grade levels. Yeah. So a student that's going to go learn about government, U.S. history, world history, world civilization, they have textbooks. Now, they also have online books, right? So they have the option because our high schoolers can take their electronic device, their school-issued devices home, correct? And so if they choose to, they can read on their Chromebooks. But, you know, I'm finding that a lot of students, even in this tech age, when they are so tech-savvy, prefer to read a book. Yeah, yeah. They prefer to turn the page. So so that was a big campaign promise um, that is slowly taking shape. I hope that we move forward and provide that subject that I'm ever so passionate about, and that's mathematics. <laughs> yeah. So I've got my eye on that target. Um, another thing that we've done, which I don't know if the public is aware of, but the last two years we have given teachers back-to-back raises with both an inflation adjustment 
and a step adjustment. A step adjustment is as a teacher progresses through the years, for every year of experience they get under their belt, they have a percent increase. I see. You know, and that varies between one and two percent depending on where you are on that scale. And this, you know, although we are not keeping up with inflation, that would be a really tough thing to do right now. But what that has allowed us to do is to be the highest pay, highest paying district regionally. So when you compare us to every regional school, we are ahead on where we start our teachers and how we progress our teachers. For every year, for every step, we're ahead of every other district. Now, does that mean everybody's clamoring to come work at Springfield? Unfortunately, that's a no. (laughs) Yeah. People don't, you know, teachers didn't wake up and think, I'm going to go into education because I want to make a ton of money. (laughs) Yeah. We all know that's not true, right? They have a passion for this. It is their calling. And we're so grateful that these are the people we have in our schools, such as your father teaching in one of our schools. But what's really becoming difficult is the discipline issues, essentially the work environment that our teachers are are facing every day. So that is going to be my number one focus. You know, it doesn't mean I'm not going to continue focusing on having more books in the hands of our students, that I'm not going to focus on more advanced technology and more classroom resources and the best curriculum, right? It doesn't mean I'm not going to focus on those. But right now, the thing that's staring us right in the face, putting our most valuable asset and that's our people, yeah, right? Yeah. That is number one asset. And what's threatening that is our discipline standards. So we have to hold our, not just our staff, but our students to the highest yeah. discipline code. And we have to get after that. How do we do that? Now that's the million dollar question. Yeah. Well, no, I and think you're, I think you're spot on. I've always said that, uh, you know, you can have a terrible system and a great teacher and you've got a good education or you can have right. a, 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 exactly. a great system and a bad teacher and it's a bad education. So right. I, I, I think it's a good way of thinking about it. Right. This, there are number one capital, right? Our human capital. You can have buildings that are falling apart. You can have terrible curriculum, but if you have a happy and competent teacher, then you have wonderful education. Now flip that and you can have wonderful schools you know, really state of the art and you can have the best technology and let's say you even have the best books. But if you have an unhappy teacher that has not been developed to the best of their ability, then you're really not going to end up with a good product there. Yeah. No. And I, I love, uh, I love the optimism. I love hearing about where there have been improvements made, where we've seen small upticks in math, where we've seen upticks in some of uh, these tech policies and the way that we interact with technology, because I think that's on the, on the forefront of every parent's mind and quite a few teachers' minds as well. Uh, I, I want to ask you, you discussed these last three years, this first term as sort of, oh, you know, folks encouraging you, wanting you to be quiet. And we know how inquisitive in question you are, which is why we sent you there. And then two, second year becomes maybe a little bit more of a, of a particular issue that you press. And then third year becomes a little bit more of flexing your muscles and maybe trying to really commit to uh, fulfilling those those campaign promises, like like the uh, like the tech policies that we just discussed, what does years four, five, and six look like within that 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 scope? Because if it's a new person, presumably they go through that whole cycle again. 
But what is it? What happens when we send uh, Dr. Merriam back to the school board in her years four, five, and six? Is it well, is it continue? Is it is it continuing more like year three, where it's uh, where it's it's pushing? And it, it is. It, it has to be incremental. Like it, it, you you push with all your might, and it ends up being a baby step. And I think the important thing about being in public office at all is is recognizing those baby steps as some sort of success. Being appropriately maybe discouraged that, that there could be more change and you haven't gotten more change done, but being hopeful enough that you you keep pressing on, uh, even still, you know I think I think that's really the, the the balance that any sort of public servant has to strike, and I think it's a balance that you're striking. Are we just going to see a, you know Are we going to see kind of a continuation of Hey, let's see if we can if it's improved this much this year. Let's see if we can bump it up by one percent or two percent this upcoming year. And you do that over and over again until you've got a, a school district that a lot of people are really proud to send their students to. Right. You do that over and over again, but all the while actually having hope and having that vision and holding on to that mission. Right. Our mission right now is that we are committed to the well-being of students by providing them high-quality academic opportunities. And how do we do that? How do I honor this mission? Is by going back year after year and relying on that very basic foundation of having the smartest budget, right? That then allows us for the greatest classroom resources that then provides the utmost teacher support. And we come through, right? We then bring right into that the things I've been talking about, which is, the highest discipline standards and the very best curriculum with the most books and the forefront of technology. I'm tired of this is okay. Well, this seems to be working. I don't want working. I don't want better. I want the very best. And if you lead with that, if that's your mission, then you can really lift up the expectations you can lift up the rigor and you can actually be mm, a beacon mm. of hope yeah. and and inspire future the future right you're inspiring the staff and the students and another thing i want to tag in there is what do i hope like what's best case scenario for years 4 5 and 6 if i do have the honor of being able to yeah serve again for one more term you know i say dream big or go home, right? So I dream of, and you have to understand that the way I look at this, and I've done a ton of research on the broader educational landscape, right? You got to look at this, not just as Springfield, our little corner of the state, but really what everybody in every district and every state is struggling with. And it's very similar to our struggles, right? Independent of where you are, who your students are, what your demographics are. We're pretty much struggling with the same thing. Yeah. But what I want for Springfield Public Schools, what I want for our students, I want the very best, but I also want to be pioneers because I'm tired of being told of the perception that this is just the way it is right now. It's like this everywhere in this country. I'm tired of that narrative because I absolutely believe in my core that it can begin with one school in one district in one state. Yeah. And we 
can we can be that district and all we have to do is to start pushing that pendulum back that pendulum of lack of personal responsibility lack yeah. of respect and authority lack of discipline yeah not in our schools but in our homes in our communities the expectation that parents have that we will feed and clothe their kids but somehow they don't expect that we will educate their kids not yeah. everyone but yeah. it's starting to creep within the culture how do we change that well i say it's changeable I, it can happen it can begin in the school yeah and we absolutely can do it and if you don't believe in it <laughs> then it can't then it can't it. yeah right. so you have to have a can-do attitude yeah dr Merriam, we so much appreciate you and i'm happy to say i think you're preaching to the choir we've got so many smart listeners here um of, of wake up springfield but Thank it is important that me. they show up again in april you put her in the school board it's time to keep her at the school board thank you so much dr Merriam. we're going to be right back uh for another segment before diving back into education uh Feel free to give us a call at 417-866-0933 and hold on until our next segment. Bye.